This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. They couldn't believe I didn't watch The Office. I've never seen The Office. Don't know about The Office. <laughs> Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Zings it for the end zone. Caught by Kelsey on a slant. Touchdown, Kansas City. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Jay Tittleman, a three for the tie. Off the backboard, it's gone. Jay Tittleman makes it in. happening in the sports world. As you know, Monty, Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches, the Eliminator and the Humiliator to complement his fastball, the Terminator. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I fear the Reaper today. Yeah, because I, I feel too. I just feel like death warmed over today. <laughs> I really do. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM KVBE, or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner, joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, and maybe the man that needs his glasses checked the most in McPherson, <laughs> Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. You're going to have to be very very loud today, because I'm we're always, sharing a mic. I'm always loud. You are a little bit loud, but the reason that we have to share a mic today is because we've got none other than the golf expert of McPherson, not only the golf expert, but the golf champion of McPherson, Turkey Creek Golf Course's Treg Fall, in studio with us today. We are previewing the Masters. Treg, I know that you couldn't be a Masters champion in McPherson last weekend. You hosted the Masters Tournament, but the Red Jacket, I know you were able to steal one of those. Have you been wearing around the clubhouse all week? Well, actually, we just had three. I wore one of them that we eventually gave away, so I do not have any of the jackets. Um, I would like to have one. but uh, Maybe next year. Yeah, maybe next year. I didn't plan it this year, but the guy that won the Blue Division, Zach Douglas, uh, he, he teaches at Solomon, and he wore his jacket Monday to teach in, and we have it all over our social media pages. So it's it's pretty good yeah, deal. Yeah, I, I saw the picture of that. You know, it's interesting because Zach was a great tennis player in high school. And I had no idea that he played golf. He said that actually about 10 years ago, he and I played in a uh, I-35 Cup match or a Kansas Cup match. I, can't remember. I think it was the I-35 Cup. He said that uh, we played, and he said uh, I beat him. I think it was a team event. Me and somebody else beat him and his partner. I do not remember that. I don't know if he's – but he was adamant that we played. So uh, obviously a very good player to shoot a – 63 even you know the format was you you got one mulligan basically per hole and you had to use it judiciously which i did not do i'd made terrible (laughs) use of my mulligans but he did not have a bogey on his card shot 63 and of course i played with richard olson he won the uh, middle division shot a 64 and then kent schmidt won the uh, goal division kent's really playing well this year yeah and uh, he shot a 65 so uh, it was a fun event. Almost 80 guys turned out. And I think now that guys know how this format works, I wouldn't be surprised if you're close to 100 next year because I know a lot of guys had a really good time. Yeah, everything I've heard so far is everyone had a really good time. They love the format. It moved pretty well. Um, we're hoping this turns into one of our bigger events of the year. We'll do it every every week, the week before the Masters, and hopefully it turns out to be a big deal for well, us. Well, I played with uh, Coach Kinneman and Richard Olson and Cliff Hawks. What we, a surprise. And what, we, what, what, a, what a different group and, for you. And we were the first group. We played in less than four hours. We 
we were in like 25, 30 minutes before anybody else. But for some reason, we flew and we were done. And especially when you consider that, you know, a lot of times we were hitting two shots every time. So uh, the, the, the tournament really moved quick. Most of the teams got in just about the same time and, and a great format. And the golf course was in fantastic shape. I told Jason Bushbaum the greens were as good as they've been all year. Of course, we had some green damage last year. Yep. You guys were, you worked very hard in the fall to kind of get it around. Uh, you're going to airify, I think, next week. Yep, next Monday, and, Tuesday. Yeah, next Monday and Tuesday. But the course, I mean, the, uh, once the airification is done, these greens are going to be just unbelievable. Yeah, they're, they're getting there for sure. We're really excited to get the airification and get them growing and growing back together and getting back to the way they should be, so... Well, Treg, before we dive into the Masters and we get your expert analysis on what this event is going to be like this year, who's going to take the first major of this 2019 season, I want to talk about maybe the best event that happens in the month of April before the Masters, and that's the NCAA tournament coming to a close, the Final Four this past weekend. Did you have faith in Virginia from the beginning of this tournament? Where did you have them going out? Well, I actually had them losing to Tennessee in my bracket. I filled out a bracket for Tinley, my second bracket, and she actually picked Virginia to win, which it was my second pick. <laughs> um, I kind of went different. I really had faith in North Carolina. I thought they were the team to beat. They were, you know, they had seniors. They were tough, athletic. You know, I thought they were going to get it done. But, you know, Virginia, when you when you guard that hard and play that hard and and make key shots, I mean, they're they're a tough team to beat, and it, you know, they were. They just got it done. They were better offensively than I realized. Uh, Guy was a tremendous player. Jerome, uh, Hunter, that big three, they combined for 67 points. And the championship game actually ended up being a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be in the 50s. Yeah. I, and I said on the show, I think uh, on Monday, I said the first team to 60 wins. Yeah, it started and, slow. They yeah, picked it up, Texas though. Tech didn't make a field goal for almost seven minutes. Yeah. And then once the shot started to fall – if Texas Tech, though, doesn't get help from its bench, that might have been a 20-point game. But Texas Tech got – they had a couple players off the bench really step up. I think they combined for – I think they were both in double figures. And uh, I thought it was a really good championship game. Anytime you have an overtime yep. in the NCAA tournament, it's a pretty good championship game. Yeah, I thought it was the best basketball we've seen from the Elite Eight on. All the games were down to the wire. Multiple overtime games. You know, Virginia against Purdue – I've never seen anything quite like that. Virginia We're, had no – they should not have won that The game. percentage of actually doing that where you make the first free throw, miss the second one on purpose, get it tipped out, throw it back in, make the shot as the t buzzer goes off is just – you know, it's crazy that that happened. They were kind of the team of destiny after I saw that happen. I'm like, they're probably going to go on and win it after that. So Well, Treg, you're a KU guy, and Steve and I have been talking about the Big 12, where that stands as a basketball conference, and – I'm sure you're familiar with Ken Pomeroy and all of those rankings that he puts out as he analyzes the game and he puts together efficiency numbers. And his Ken Palm rankings again had the Big 12 as the number one conference in college basketball. And maybe by the numbers that he puts out, it could be. But I don't know if you're in the same opinion as Steve and I that just by watching the teams that the Big 12 is decently far behind the ACC, the Big 10, and the SEC. Do, do you see the same thing? Well, the, the beginning of the year, you know, the Big 12 always plays tough competition at a conference. They always do well at the beginning of the year, and the Big 12 had a lot of injuries within the league this year, and I did not see them 
from watching all the league games. I did not see them better than the ACC or better than the SEC. You know, the, the top, you know, obviously Texas Tech, you know, was they made it to the championship game, so they speaks for themselves. But I saw them probably third or fourth best conference this year. Um, but they're, they're in no league. ACC, I mean, you got North Carolina, Virginia, Duke, Florida, Florida State. State. I yeah. mean, you know, I, I see any of those four teams – at least three of the four for sure went in the Big 12. Florida State, you know, Texas Tech might have beat them. But the thing about the Big 12 is that they play each other twice a year now. Everybody knows everything about each other. It's just slugfest games. Anybody can beat anybody. Um, and, and and winning on the road is so difficult. Yeah, it, it is. So you That know. really hurt KU this year. KU was, what were they, 3-6, and six, I think, in the Big 12 on the road. Yeah, you got to make shots on the road in the Big 12. you got to have playmakers. And KU just didn't have the playmakers from the perimeter this year. They didn't have the athletes. No, nope, they didn't. They, they really just didn't. They didn't have that explosiveness that you saw and the, you know, the guys that can really jump and get to the rim. I mean, KU just didn't have that this year. Dotson could get to the rim, but Diedrich, no Lawson, shooters. <laughs> Diedrich Lawson had the old man's game. Yep. They lost as a bouquet. No Silvio DeSosa. LeGerald Vick was their one legitimate shooter. He left the team halfway through the season. It was really just kind of a lost year, and that KU finished third to me was probably, you know, about as good as it was going to do when you consider everything it went through. Yeah, I mean, they, they made strides for sure as, as the year went on. After losing Doak, I mean, he is just such a force, a guy that shoots over 60% from the field and just clogs up the lane down there. That's a huge loss. But I was I was very pleased with how David McCormick came along at the end of the season, how he looked. But – you know, it's just one of those years where injuries got him and uh, just just didn't work out for him. Well, Treg, I guess at about this time last year, you were in Augusta, Georgia. You were at Augusta National. Did you get to see any of the actual rounds, or did you just watch the par three and some of the practice rounds last We were just year? there for the Monday practice round. It was me, my dad, uh, Doug Gare, and Mark Gare went, and it was, you know, one of the best experiences I've ever had. And we, we – First first goal is just to get there, and me and Mark were walking everywhere, seeing all the holes and everything, and followed some guys. But it's it's truly remarkable to be at that place and watch those guys. Well, it just looks like a course unlike any other course in the world. The, the fairways, they look like you're playing on carpet. The greens, of course, have great undulation. The TV doesn't do it justice with the amount of elevation for some of those greens and the swales and and that those pros can play as well as they do on that golf course is just beyond remarkable. Yeah, hole number 11, it's a it's I think toughest hole out there. It's like a 480-yard, 500-yard par 4 and you got a there's trees on the left and penalty area or trees on the right, penalty area on the left and then you hit your second shot and it all slopes down to the left and there's these big mounds and you can't really see them on TV but in person they are huge. If you hit one of those mounds, it's going to kick straight left short into the water. And just seeing those guys play that hole, you know, it's it's remarkable how they get around. What I like what I like about Augusta is it's got really really hard holes, but it also gives you the par fives. That's where you got you have to do your damage on the yep. par fives because mm-hmm. uh, thirteen and fifteen uh, those are designed to really go for broke on those holes. Yep. You can make two eagles on those. Uh, the par fives on the front two. It seems like everybody birdies two. Eight's pretty tough because it's about 600 yards long. That is a sharp dog leg. I didn't realize and it was green, that big of a dog leg. And the green leg. is so long. Mm-hmm. It, it's just so long. Uh, it, it seems like the green's about you know 90 yards long when you look at it. 
but uh, it's it's set up for scoring, especially on the back nine. Yeah, it is, and you know they have eleven's tough, and then you get you know thirteen, well, 10 fourteen, and 11 fifteen. Are both yep. difficult. ten and eleven are tough, and then you kind of get some scoring holes. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen's not bad, and then eighteen up the hill, it's a tough driving hole. But you know we we went around on thirteen. That slope is so much bigger than it looks on TV. Try to hit a hit a shot into that par five off of the balls way above your feet, and then we saw the area where Phil Mickelson hit that shot out of the pine straw, it's like, holy smokes, man. How, how did you do that? And then Bubba's shot on 10 where he hooked it out of the pine straw around. Right. It's like, how does he even see that? So it was really cool to be there on the grounds and just see all the history. Well, as we begin to talk about this year's Masters, and maybe I just haven't been following close enough, but it felt like at this time last year, Everybody was talking about Tiger making his comeback. He's going back to Augusta. He's going to find a way to win. But I don't think I've heard that same conversation as much this year. And maybe I heard it more five months ago, six months ago, than I do right now. I know, Treg, you've been following a lot closer. Have you heard people talk about Tiger much? Yeah, Tiger's in the top five of the favorites I've seen on a lot of the boards. You know, he, all these other guys that are favorites have never won have never won a green jacket you know tiger plays rory in that match play and beats him with his mind you know he and if tiger shows up like he's supposed to show up all business he's a little more friendly now but if he gets that look in his eye and he means business he has a chance to contend and and get another green jacket on sunday i you know he he knows how to get around this golf course he knows how to play it's a second-shot golf course. He's still the best iron player in the world when you watch him. He knows how to chip and putt around here. It all comes down as if he can put himself in position off the tee. He'll be right there on Sunday. When it comes down to some of these other guys that have been in the top five in the world, and at least with the rankings now, Brooks Kepka's had a great run recently. He won a couple of majors in the last couple of years. He has not yet won a Masters. You've got Justin Thomas, who has not won a Masters. You've got Rory McIlroy, who I thought had won one, but no, it doesn't look like he's won a Masters. I think that's the last that's one that he has to win. That's his grand slam. Yeah. Dustin Johnson, he has not won a Masters. And then you've got Justin Rose. He's not one either. Yep. Those top dogs, they don't. Maybe they're not quite ready for it yet. But I think one of those five is right there in the yeah, running. Yeah, they they are definitely hungry. You know, I was I was thinking about Rory. You know, the the difference with Rory is he's not just winning the Masters. It is super pressure. Only five go, five golfers of all time have ever won the Grand Slam. And you know, I'm just not sure. It just keeps eating at Rory. He just tries too hard or something. I don't think I, he putts well enough yeah. under pressure. I don't know. I don't and know I don't, if he's and, and I wouldn't pick him to win. Yeah, I don't know if he's got it in him. You know, the last groups, other than the players, he won. He's been around the last group this entire year, and he just gets smoked. You know, he he His shows up flat. Is not good. Yep, he shows up flat and doesn't get it done. I just feel like there's too much. I don't know something internal with him. Pressure, yep. I think. You know, the guys that I'm looking at that are more free will. You know, DJ's always got that attitude. John Rahm was close last year. Ricky Fowler was close. Those three guys, you know, I kind of see, you know, it's just we're going to go out and play. We don't have any added pressure. Fleetwood, he's another guy that's been hanging around with the it's long hair, the hair, you know. And then the guy, my, my big sleeper pick, who I think is going to be around the top, is, is a guy named Mark Leishman. He you always like he him. always plays there. He can hit cuts. He can hit draws. He Putts extremely well, um, so you know I see him around that mix. And Kucher loves this place too. He's up there. I just don't know if he hits it long enough to exactly. to and, contend. And a, and a guy that I really think 
might be the sleeper, even though he's a top-flight player, is Molinari. Because yeah. he has mm-hmm. really been playing well. Yeah, he's on a tear right now. You know, he's he switched all to Callaway. He got new new all fourteen club deal, and he's he's playing well. Won the Arnold Palmer, so he's you know there's just so many guys. There's about forty guys that can win this thing. Let's take our first break, and when we come back, we'll dive into some of these other guys and go through the scenarios, figure out who's going to be putting on the green jacket coming up on Sunday evening at Augusta National. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. It is a Masters Preview Wednesday. We've done this the last couple of years, bringing in Turkey Creek Golf Course's Trag Fall. None, None better to talk about the Masters coming up this weekend. Treg, the other name that we were mentioning and some other guys that maybe haven't been talked about as much, the name that I haven't heard really anybody talk about is the defending champion at this event, and that's Patrick Reed. I've seen more people talking about the dinner menu that he put together. They were saying there's no way that he put steamed green beans on the menu. Patrick Reed, do you put any stock in him repeating his Masters champion? I give him about as much shout as I give Jordan Spieth this week. They both just seem to me they are all out of sorts. It's it's hard to watch them play golf right now. They're searching. You know, he brought in David Ledbetter, a swing coach. I don't know what's going on with him. He's just he doesn't have it this year. Um, you know, those two guys are usually they get to Augusta and this is their you know, this is their course. They play well at it. Patrick played it in college. You know, Spieth always comes here and plays well, but you know, I've watched Spieth and him this year, and it's just like they they just can't get it figured out. You know, yeah. ho- hopefully soon, you know they they start getting it figured out again. But I just I don't put very much stock in either of those players this year. What's the deal with Jordan Spieth? Because he went from being on top of the world, where he won what three or four majors in a span of two years, and now you look at him and thirty third. He he has just dropped off the face of the earth and. It feels a little mental to me with Jordan that it feels like every time I see him, he's getting mad at himself. And he's it, a very fidgety player. Yeah, I agree. You know, he he was middle of the road in his length, and I know you know he hangs out with Justin Thomas and those guys, and they hit it past him. So he's searching for length, trying to fix his swing a little bit, change it, which I don't know why you would, but he's just doing a, a few different things, and he's getting all out of sorts, and his putting's you know gone awry now, and. Like Steve said, I mean, when he's on the green or he's, you know, about ready to get a hit a shot, he is just so fidgety. You know, he's done, doing a lot of complaining to his caddy, Michael Greller, just like, what's going on? How did I miss that? You know, I I just don't put very much stock but in Augusta him. But Augusta could be his elixir. Yeah. Last, it, could be, it could be what turns him around. Last year he was terrible coming into Augusta, and he comes up and almost wins it. So you never know with him. He's one of those players, if he gets in the mix, he's got more belief – 
in himself than any other player in the field, maybe other than Tiger Woods. Come I mean, on, Jordan. Uh, yeah. Just five more feet. Come on, hit that yeah. right spot. Yeah. yeah, he's fun to listen to and watch when he gets it going. But I, I hope he gets back. I love watching him, but I just do not see it this year for him. Well, another guy, Ricky Fowler, has just been hanging around the top five, it seems like, in all the majors. He, he you know, he's, he's getting closer in majors, but – He's a guy that has to win at some point. You just got to think. Yeah, he's definitely got the tools. He's got the game. It just seems with him, the bugaboo is he. Yep, he has a double or triple there. You know, the first or second round ends up costing him at the end of the tournament. Um, But I love watching him roll the rock. His his putting stroke's so good, and he hits it plenty far enough for how little he is to contend. And I, I see him being a factor come Sunday. I'm a big Ricky Fowler fan, and I keep having faith well, whenever – That was your pick last year. I right. picked I picked Ricky last year. I think you picked him for a different one. I, I yeah. always tend to be picking him in my mm-hmm. Masters pools or U.S. Open or whatever I'm, I'm betting on because I just keep thinking that this next one is, is going to be the one that Ricky Fowler wins. When I look at this top eight, Treg, we, we mentioned some of these names – who do you think it is that has the best chance as a favorite to win the Masters this weekend? The favorite? My favorite is Tiger Woods. You really do think my, he's got the best chance? My favorite is Tiger Woods. Just looking at these guys, you know, last year it was the return of Tiger. This year, he's got a full year of playing from previous. He, you know, he went went to Texas, played well in the match play. You know, we, we saw him win with his mind. He didn't have He didn't play great. But he did enough to win, and Augusta is all about a mindset. He knows how to play it, you know. He knows how to get it done. He's won four Green Jackets. I honestly think he is a slight favorite, and he's close there on all the Vegas. But after him, my next favorite is either Justin Rose or Dustin Johnson. I just feel those two guys, you know, DJ the last he didn't play one year because he slipped and fell down the stairs but the last three times he's played yeah last three times he's played he's had a top 10 justin rose is always right there you know he barely lost to sergio i picked justin rose almost every he was my pick last year yeah he's it just comes down both those guys just comes down to putting they're they're excellent ball strikers they get it around with the best of them you know they they just sometimes don't make the putts and you know everyone's got rory the favorite we already kind of talked about it i'd like to see him win i'd like to see him get it done but i just I just have this feeling that internally he just puts too much pressure on himself. He's not only playing for a Masters title, he's playing for nobody the Grand it, Slam. Nobody hits it more pure. Yeah, he's the I best mean, driver of the golf ball, you know, ever, maybe of all in the time. History, yeah, yep. and the thing is, the ball sounds different coming off his club than anybody else. I don't care if it's Tiger, John Rahm, who hits it a mile, DJ, but the ball just sounds different coming off Rory's club. Yep, and he, he, he's got all the shots. You know, DJ plays the power fade rory can hit the tight spin and draw and he can hit the fade irons he can work them both way he is set up he he is set up for this golf course but then it just comes down to how can you handle it mentally he can't putt he just can't putt when the heat's on treg i know there are probably some people out there that are listening to this show today or maybe they're listening to it on podcast on thursday morning trying to nail out their final picks and I want you to give some people some advice on some people in the fourth tier, the fifth tier. I'm sure there are some other degenerates out there that would illegally gamble on the Masters. I don't know who would do something like <laughs> I that. Have no idea. I don't know who would do yeah. that. But some people that might be looking through the names, whether it's in that group with guys like Sergio Garcia, whether it's the group with 
one of my favorite guys, the Barn Rat, Kiradek, yep. Afi Barn Rat, whether it's the guys at the very bottom, who would you advise people to pick if you're looking at maybe a master's pool and you have to pick people toward the bottom? You know, I'm looking at Tier 3 and Tier 4. Um, the name that pops out right away, the first guy in Tier 3 ranked 17 is Bubba Watson, two-time major champion. This course sets up perfect for him. He loves to hit those cuts around, you know, 13, and he – it just comes down to his putting, you know, and you never know with Bubba. He's he's kind of a strange individual, so it just seems what he shows when, when up with. When I look with. at that tier, Oostazen jumps That's, up. That was the next one. I have Oostazen written down. He's been playing great right now. Um, obviously, I already said Leishman. Um, I would have said Kevin Kisner, but I just don't know if he hits it far enough to, to contend. He's short. Um, moving down the list, I mean, Adam Scott is in tier four. He's playing great this year. And he's, and he's won, he's, he's won before, before, you know. Um, moving on further down, I see Charles Howe the Thirds down there. He I he like loves Brand, he like loves Brandon, Augusta. I love Brandon Grace. Brandon Grace. I don't know if he hits it far enough, but he he can sure get it done. He uh he contended pretty well in the match play um, a few weeks ago. Moving on down to the deep deep sleepers. <laughs> you know, look looking at these guys down here. Charlie Hoffman always gets off to a good start. He never finishes well. He might hang around if he can pull it together. He did just get second in the Valero Texas Open. Um, you know, moving on down even further. You know, I, Adam Hadwin. Yeah, what about I, Jazz Jane Watanandund? I don't even know if I don't know who actually, that is either. I don't even know if he's actually in the field or not. But you know, there, you know, some other sleepers. Uh, Patrick Cantlay is one I can see doing pretty well. He's he's a good young player. Can hit all the shots. Um, he's there in t- t- tier three that nobody really talks about. So, um, just Gary Woodland's played here well here before too. I mean, there's there's so many guys that have a chance. They all got they all have the game. It's just how do they get it around and make the putts. So let's go back to this second tier. We've talked a lot about the first tier of guys with the Justin Roses, the Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, but the guys in this second tier who are for the most part top twenty golfers in the world. We've talked about Ricky Fowler. We've talked a little bit about Tiger, a little bit about Tommy Fleetwood. But what about Matt Kuchar, Tony Finau, Jason Day, Zonder Schauffele? There are some guys in this mix that have been playing some really good golf. Yeah, the one that pops out to me first is actually Paul Casey. He's you know, been playing he's really he's well. already won this year. He's got a second. You know, he he usually plays well at Augusta. Um, he he could be a big time factor he's been playing well he's kind of got a resurgence of his game jason day he was playing good at the beginning of the year then went to texas and the match play went zero and three so you never know about him where he's at he's kind of had some health issues his back was hurting him earlier this year tony finau you know he hits it long enough and everything but i don't think he's experienced enough at augusta to really contend break his ankle in the par three contest doesn't, this year. doesn't put it yeah, and then Matt Kuchar, you know, Matt Kuchar is the guy that always seems to be hanging around at Augusta. The thing that always holds him back is he just doesn't quite score as well on the par fives as the other big hitters do, um, but he definitely has the game. He definitely has the putter. So, you know, once again, it's like I can see any of those guys in Tier 2, you know, with the green jacket on Sunday. Who was it that went back-to-back aces in the par 3 contest the other day? Well, that, was last year. that was oh, last year. That was last year. It was okay. uh, it was good buddies. It was uh, Ricky Fowler and, and Justin Justin Thomas. Thomas. Yep, and Jordan Spieth was playing in the same group with them. They were back to back, 
part that was last year at the par three. It was pretty cool. All right, Trag, we're going to take one more break. We're going to get your prediction for who's going to be putting on the green jacket. We're going to get Steve's prediction, and then everybody should pull out their wallets for my prediction <laughs> for who's going to win the Masters. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. We are joined in studio today by Trank Fall of Turkey Creek Golf Course. We'll give you some time to give some PR for the golf course and some events that are coming up next, but we've got to get your prediction for who's going to win the Masters this weekend. Last year, we think you took Ricky Fowler, who finished second. second. So if you're you're sitting at home and thinking, okay, should I trust Treg? Should I trust Steve? Should I trust Jim? I think for... For sure, don't trust Steve out of the beginning here. Leave it up to Treg and I. Treg, I'm going to give you the first pick. Who are you taking? We're going to give each other two picks to win the Masters. Who's your first pick? Well, I really think if he shows up, you know, he's got the look in his eye. He is the cock of the walk of the tournament. You know, Tiger Woods is my pick to win this year's Masters. I really think he's going to be there on Sunday, the back nine on Sunday. I got my red on. I think he's. I really think he's going to win. So Treg will take Tiger with his first pick. Steve, I'll give you the second pick. I'm going John Rom. Ooh. He was right there last year. Then he had a little bit of a meltdown. I think he learns from that. He kills the par fives. I think John Rom is the winner. All right, let's go serpentine. So I'm going to take two, and then we'll go back okay. the other way. All right. So my first pick to win the Masters, I don't think there's any doubt who I'm taking. Ricky. Ricky Fowler. <laughs> he's going to put on those orange pants on Sunday, and he's going to get the win. Treg, what do you think about the golfers wearing those almost like sweatpants to play out there with, with the high ankle shoes? Are you a fan of I it? don't like that at all. No. You want to bust it back out to the olden days with, with the metal spikes and, no, and, and like really the, throw no. it back? Yeah, I just I don't like the jogger look with the high tops. You know, I mean, I cheer for Ricky and everything, but when he wears that outfit, I kind of don't cheer for him I as much. Look. I'm taking Fowler. So that's my first pick. My second pick, I'm going to go Justin Thomas. I think I like JT. One of those younger guys. I think they're going to get it done. JT's got all the shots. He's a great iron player. That's that's a really good pick. You know, he's he's I think he could be ready to possibly win that green jacket this year. So Jim's predictions, Ricky Fowler, Justin Best Thomas. Best buds. <laughs> Steve, you've taken John Rahm. He's off the board. Your second pick. Francesco Molinari. Ooh. Mm. And you know You're supporting your brethren. I'm not but, sure he hits but, it far enough. But the thing is, the foreign players Put it better than the Americans. And to me, the Masters is about making putts. All right, Treg, you get the final pick in our serpentine draft. You know, honestly, you guys took two of my possible picks with uh, John Rahm and Ricky, but I'm going to I'm gonna go with DJ. You know, he's I think he's always going to be hanging around there. If he putts it well, you know, he, he can get on those runs where nobody has a chance. He's kind of like Rory McIlroy. If they both are playing at the top and they're hitting their drives and putting it decent, 
it's it's hard to catch him. So I'm gonna go with DJ. I'm surprised out of the six picks, none of us took Rory. But, no way, can't putt. Yeah. All right. So Treg takes Tiger and Dustin Johnson, Steve, John Brom, Francesco Molinari. He's got two guys from across the pond. While I'm staying local, Steve, I'm supporting your people. Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas. I'm, I'm all USA, too. I, I, like. I feel good. Steve, Steve, I think, gets a little nervous with the Masters, and he starts going, okay, where can I get somebody out of Europe? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to yeah. pick this I, I figured guy. he was going to go with Rose again. I almost, my second one was almost Paul Casey. Yeah, Ooh. I mean, he, he has been playing stellar golf Brilliant. so far this year. So we'll see how we do in these predictions. We're going to have our big Masters pool draft tonight, and I get the feeling that with the – with the way that Steve likes to draft. I, I had never seen anybody do this before, where you pick out the new order in At every single round. round. I've never done it either. Until. I think I got slaughtered by it last <laughs> yeah. year and still found a way to win. Treg, what's coming up at Turkey Creek over the next couple of weeks? Well, we air five Monday, next Monday, Tuesday. Um, after that, we got a high school tournament, Bue- the Bueller Invitationals, April 30th. But our tournament's coming up. How did they end up, up here? They play a 36-hole tournament. They go Heston. they go to Heston in the morning and then Turkey Creek in the afternoon. Huh. It's a pretty, pretty fun event. Um, our tournament's coming up in May. We have our big public lanes and facilities tournament May 25th. Um, it's a Saturday. It's a four-person scramble. It's, uh, it's the tournament where all the benefit comes back to the golf course, and we save that money and turn it into match day the following year. We got almost $10,000 in our account. So it's, it's a really big tournament for us. And all the money comes straight back to us for improvement. So we're trying to continue to grow that one. And then once we get into June, the golf you know the golf season's on its way. And you know we got the city tournament July. We have the Open Championship at the end of July. August we'll have the second annual member guest, Turkey Creek member guest. And then we're just off and rolling. September is always our busiest month too. We got some tournaments going on then, but. You know, we're, we're, we're excited and ready for, ready for another golf season. Do you get the feeling that there will be some people like Steve on Sunday morning that come out and they're feeling good? Maybe they put on their victory red and they're going to be trying to emulate Tiger Woods after his big first three rounds. You know, that does, does an event like this draw traffic out to the golf course? Oh, yeah, it does. Everybody starts getting the itch to, to come and play. And, you know, especially with the Masters, you watch that on TV and look how perfect everything is. And all these guys are hitting these great shots, hole and putts. And everyone starts thinking, man, I can do that. That looks fun. And especially with Tiger in the mix, he brings out so many different types of golfers. You know, and we made it through a whole show without Phil Mickelson being mentioned. Yeah, you know, Phil. Lefty. Phil's hard to predict, you know. Yeah, he, I don't think he's, he's missed. He's missed cuts these last two or three, gotten smoked, and then he might show up. And who, you know, who knows with he Phil? He's he's kind of like Jordan Spieth. He can shoot a sixty-four or seventy-seven. Yeah, he's he's the wild card. You know, I, it wouldn't surprise me he's if he's contending. Years old now, though. Yeah. So I just I just don't see him being a factor. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses the cut. I wouldn't be surprised if he's contending on Sunday. It's just yeah. that's Phil. Would you be surprised if he double putts like he did at the was it at the PGA <laughs> last US year? US Open. US Open. I think he's got too much respect for Augusta to pull something like that. Yeah. USGA is not in charge, so I th- <laughs> I think he was trying to send a message to the USGA, but I don't. I can't see him pulling those antics at Augusta. They might not let him back on. <laughs> well, Treg, we enjoyed your analysis today. Do you feel good? Your predictions, are you are you feeling good right now? Because tomorrow, I get the feeling that you might be a little nervous if Tiger goes out and shoots a 74 in day one. Yeah, you know, the thing with Tiger is he, you know, he's he just seems too relaxed to start. You know, if he if he shows up all business from the start and gets off to a good start, he's going to be right there. He will be in the 60s tomorrow, I predict. I, I hope so. You know, mm-hmm. he, he just needs to show up, and he's playing with two guys that, 
you know, he's not really buddy buddy with. So hopefully he is just all business, you know, not joking or smiling with him, you know, and just I'm going to win this golf tournament. Well, Treg, we enjoyed you coming in here today. Best of luck in your pool. You I, as well. I, I get the feeling it's going to be me <laughs> taking home the big bucks. Well, I won two years ago. You won last year. I think Steve won three years ago. Right. So we got the past three winners in here. It's greatness yep. in here today. <laughs> Steve, we won't have a show tomorrow because the Royals will be on at noon as they will wrap up their series with the Seattle Mariners. So we won't have a show tomorrow. We'll be back on Friday. We'll give you an update on everything going on with the Masters, and we will enjoy watching the next couple of days. It's a tradition unlike any other. Hello, friends. <laughs> Wrapping up today's show for Treg Fall, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you on Friday. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Well,